back to the Run That Tape podcast. I'm Jay Probs. And I'm Dr. Cash. And today, we're going to give you guys a little recap, uh, starting off with the College World Series Finals. Um, LSU, I- I'd say demolishing is the right word. Um, demolishing Easily. the floor. Yeah, demolishing the Florida Gators 18 to 4. Um, and after Sunday, it's just, I mean, another lopsided victory. And it was, it's been a crazy, crazy college world series. But uh, Cash, can you just give us your, I guess, initial thoughts on the new champions? Yeah, I mean, I think Florida were favored to win this game. They started off the game quickly with energy. Yeah. And I felt like that was the most important thing was that they get off to a quick start because just throughout this tournament, LSU's just been so consistent with their pitching. And um, once they kind of get on a roll, get going, uh, teams can't they can't find uh, a rhythm mid-game. And Florida did a great job of getting off that early start with that 2-0 lead. But the bats for LSU, I mean, they just went crazy starting in that second inning, putting up what was it, seven runs, I believe? Yeah, six six runs in the second inning, which is... Yeah, and and it was insane. I mean, these guys were just hit after hit, had a response for every, every game plan that Florida threw out there. And I think overall for LSU as a university, it's just huge because this past year they had the women's basketball team win the national championship a couple years ago it was football team and now it's the baseball team so i think just legacy wise for lsu for their fans it's it's going to be huge and, and it only gets better with the uh, revenue being brought in yeah for sure i mean if you talk about legacy for lsu sports i guess overall they're starting to build that you can definitely tell and it's really diverse i feel like across all sports you can see that with basketball baseball football um, but yeah, I mean, when you, when you get off to six runs in the second inning, it's hard to, to slow down really. Um, and I mean, Florida started off hot too. They had a home run in the first inning. They were up 2-0, um, but LSU, they, I think they definitely came in with the game plan. They were not going to, they were not going to let what happened on Sunday happen again. They, they were not going to get blown out. They were gonna start hot, and I feel like that just get that game t- game plan, that mentality that they came out with, that was what really helped them uh, help 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 them succeed because they they have all the talent in the world. Um, they beat number one Wake Forest team to get twice, I think, to get to get to the finals game. So they they can do it, and they just showed us in the biggest the biggest game of of the year they absolutely put on a master class both pitching and hitting they just played an amazing amazing game yeah and I, I think that you know the talent that Florida had obviously they, they finished they won the SEC I believe mm-hmm. and um, they were 54 and 17 won the regular season title and they were the number two seed and these guys had some of the best best bats in the nation I think uh, I saw of the 35 home runs hit um, hit during by all teams in the World's College World Series, 17 were by Florida. And um, I think that LSU just – and they didn't even have – LSU didn't have 
their pitcher or their main pitcher, Paul Skeens, kind of come out there late in the game. They didn't need it, and they still kind of uh, took control over Florida and limited them offensively. You know, Joe – excuse me, Jack Cag – I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Caglinone. Uh, Obviously, we've seen how – He's uh, up and rising, two star player or two way player pitching and batting. He was done after one and a half innings, which kind of set the tone, and LSU just decided to turn it up even more after that. Yeah, it's just that's. I feel like that's how they play the game. I mean, like you said, both teams have talent, but this LSU team was just. I mean, it's been up and down really for them. I feel like in the middle of the season, but they turned it up. To, during the during the postseason, and we we've been in for some treats these last few games. Um, just multi double digit run run games, and that it's just been fun to watch because it's it's always fun to watch homers. Um, but moving on uh, to our some NBA action, finally getting some trades in here. Um, nothing really major on trade or uh, on draft night. Um, but we have, I would say, the first big trade of the offseason. Um, the Hawks. Oh, Bradley Beal. Oh, Bradley. Yep, you're right. Bradley Beal. I guess that that's correct. But um, I guess post po- biggest post-draft night um, trade, uh, John Collins being sent to the Utah Jazz in exchange for Rudy Gay and a future second-round pick. Um well, well, it doesn't really seem like much. The I feel like the biggest caveat you have to take from this this trade is that the Hawks are creating twenty five point three million dollars in trade exceptions, the largest in the NBA. So that's that's possibly two role players or even a borderline all star right there. So, um, yeah, Atlanta definitely getting a lot of financial flexibility, uh, but. Um, Cash, I know you're you're a semi Hawks fan. Give me your give me your quick takes on on John Collins. Yeah, I mean I've been watching this team quite a bit for the last couple of years, and that that sophomore year college or Collins that we saw paired with paired with rookie Trey Young. I mean they, that just we didn't see that after the Hawks Eastern Conference run. I mean he mm-hmm. just wasn't able to be effective. I, he he was dealt dealing with that a finger injury uh, during that playoff run. But yeah, Atlanta still signed him to that five-year, $125 million deal, um, which a lot of people were hesitant about, but the Hawks didn't want to lose him because, you know, one, he was Trey's friend, and two, he was putting up some pretty good numbers on the court. And But the biggest thing, I feel like, was that Collins has lost a lot of weight, I think a lot of muscle since he's uh, been, in that, been in the league, and that kind of, uh, kind of hampered his game. He's not able to post up as much. You know, he's more yeah. of a – he's standing out on the wing a lot, especially in this offense with Quinn Snyder. So, obviously, yeah, clearly a salary dump for for the Hawks. But I think that – I don't know. I feel like they could have got more in this deal because, I mean, Rudy gained a second. I don't know. I feel like maybe could have been a first or could have gotten a quality – power forward there or a decent one in for for john collins but you know clearly a salary dump yeah for sure i think utah this is kind of what they do at this point with um with danny Ainge. this is what he does he 
he gets players for cheap uh, players, kind of like a reclamation project, especially in Utah. They are they are really going to be winning much anytime soon. But um, you you take a flyer on this guy. He's he's definitely talented. I mean, he can super athletic. Um, he just it's just yeah. You're like like you said. He needs to find find his game again. Find his his style of play, and I think that'll be important in in this coming coming season. Kind of building back that muscle, find finding finding that balance, and I think. In Utah, he's going to have the freedom to do that because there's going to be no pressure to succeed. He can take time to to really make sure he's his he's right, his body's right. Um, so for him, I think that's that's a big positive. I mean, going from a contending team like Atlanta to Utah is all is never fun, but it's you never know. He could he could come out of the other side. Yeah, uh, and so- I mean, I feel like. Um... If he plays well, plays really strong the first half of the season, he could see himself being traded or if not, just being part of this long-term Utah project because they've been uh-huh. able to develop big men. You know, obviously, more recently, Walker Kessler and Laurie Markkinen. Um, I think that if Collins Rudy could, Gobert. Yeah, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, all three developing and they're basically playing the best ball of their lives in Utah. I feel like if Collins can sort of, like you said, find his game again, his value could be a little bit higher, and you know the, the Jazz could end up making a trade for for another uh, future pick. Yeah, and if if that's that's obviously the best case scenario for Utah because you're you're trying to do a, a CP three like the Thunder did, get a get a good year possibly out of him, and then swap him for some assets, um, but. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's all about Collins getting his body right. Um, and looking looking at at Atlanta now, um, Rudy Gay, while he's obviously not the flashiest pick, I could see him coming off the bench, um, providing some of that backup wing, de- wing depth to Hunter. And really, I mean, because now you're, you're going to have a position gone with with uh with John Collins, so he could possibly fit fill that role, um, and and play some big minutes because he's he's not a bad player. Yeah, and I mean the Hawks, I don't think they'd be looking at his contracts not bad or anything. He can definitely be a quality player, uh, here off the bench for for the Hawks. But you know, I feel like it could be a situation where he gets bought out because. I mean, I don't even know about bought out, but maybe just rides the bench because they drafted Kobe Bufkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they have A.J. Griffin still there, Jalen Johnson, who's likely to fill in for Collins in that starting five, and also Onyeka Kongu, who can play the four or five. So it'll be interesting to see what Snyder does here because an important thing to mention here is that Snyder did coach Rudy Gay in Utah for, for a pretty long time, and you know he was able to solidify him as a solid role player. Yeah, for sure. I think that that um that connection can can go a long way. But um looking at some some free agents uh just going down the list uh who Atlanta could possibly use that 25 million dollar exception on um I'm just looking here and I think I mean Chris Middleton's cuz cuz obviously you're not looking for a high-powered guard like Harden or Kyrie cuz you already have that 
But I think someone like Chris Middleton, Draymond possibly, I think those guys could definitely play that play that four or three role and really bring some veteran championship winning experience. Um, and I mean, you never know. Someone like Cam Johnson, Austin Reeves, a young guy like that could also could also be possible because twenty five million is a lot of a lot of money to to spend, um, and they they got a lot of players that they could spend it on. Oh yeah, and for sure, obviously looking for someone there to fit their timeline. Um, you know, for me, I, I think the best route for them to go is just put Jalen Johnson into there because. I think he has a ton of potential off the bench. He was huge for the Hawks. He was able to kind of bring the energy, especially in that first round playoff series against Boston. So I honestly think, you know, instead of using that money right now, just putting Jalen Johnson in there and seeing how it goes and, you know, potentially sign some solid, solid vets to come off the bench. Look, maybe look at a, a Harrison Barnes or potentially Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got Josh Richardson. He's not really a forward, but it's Jay Crowder even. I feel like those guys would be important. It's obviously important to have a championship veteran on your team because for a young team like the Hawks, that's that's exactly what you need. And what they had during that playoff run, obviously with Lou Williams um, and Danilo Gallinari, I felt like were huge in the locker room for that team. Yeah, you, you definitely see the importance. I mean, with the Nuggets – you saw that with Bruce Bruce Brown and some of those guys coming off the bench, um, but regarding some of those big big name players like um, Jeremy Grant and Draymond Green, I want to move on to some some Portland Trailblazers action. Damian Lillard reaffirming his commitment to Portland, and I mean, Doctor Cash, you got the full story. So, yeah, I think. Uh, from what I saw that him, Lillard and his agent met with Portland's GM front office and kind of mm-hmm. just reiterated that, you know, they still want to build a team here in Portland. He does not want to be moved and that an ideal fit he believes mm-hmm. and that's realistic is to for the team to sign Draymond Green and also re-sign power forward Jeremy Grant. To me, this was interesting to see from Lillard, but... I think it makes total sense when you look at uh, Portland from that lineup perspective. Obviously, Lillard's playing point guard. You're going to have Shaden Sharp, maybe Scoot Henderson play at shooting guard. Then you have Draymond, Jeremy Grant at the three and four, and then obviously Nurkic uh, playing center. I think lineup-wise, it makes perfect sense, but that bench needs to be strong, and I think it is for now, but um, obviously a little bit more depth. And I feel like they just got to have an all-star. I don't know if, if Draymond Green is going to cut it because when you get down to those clutch moments in the playoffs um, where Lillard is so good, he really doesn't have anyone else that's a go-to type of guy. Yeah. And I think if you're looking at that starting 11 or starting five, like you said, um, it, it kind of gives gives you multiple options because you. I feel like we're forgetting about Anthony Simons, who is – in my opinion, one of the best young shooting guards in the league. Um, so you could possibly you could play three guards and then have have Jeremy Grant come off the bench. You could have Draymond come off the bench, or you could play small ball. I don't know. Um, but 
it it gives you a lot of flexibility. I think Draymond would be interest, interesting at Portland. I think um, his whole persona would be interesting to see how he deals with Dame, who I feel like is like this more quiet, kind of nonchalant guy. But um, you, you need someone like that on your team, like Draymond. Um, and he would definitely bring an aspect. This passing big guy who can run the defense is something that Portland has never really had. And I think that's the kind of culture that they're trying to bring. And he could really, really help, I think, with the young guy. I mean, you have Scoot, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons. All those guys could just, I feel like he could help just coaching them up, leadership and development on Portland. So I think have, keep, keeping Dame in Portland is a big deal. Um, but I think if you can get Draymond, if you can re-sign Jeremy Grant, those are two big signings for the team's future. Yeah, just like you said, and kind of how we talked about with the Hawks, obviously having that championship uh, veteran who's been there at the highest pressure games would be uh-huh. huge for this Blazers team. And Draymond obviously is that guy. And he'd be immense for this team because obviously being in a win-now situation, you have to have a veteran to control the young guys, Scoot, Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Grant, even Anthony Simons, those guys who haven't played a playoff game or maybe haven't gotten past the second round ever. Um, yeah, Draymond, all in all, he's just going to be there to play his role, but more importantly, help these young guys and uh, space the floor. So I think that's exactly what Dame is looking for and exactly what Portland should be looking to put move their money towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it, it's going to be interesting. Free agency is going to be interesting. There's a lot of big names um, that are possibly going to be on the move. Um, but yeah, that, that wraps up our episode for today. Thank you all so much for watching. Um, make sure to listen daily. We post these podcasts, um, daily 15-minute episodes. Um, and make sure to check out our Instagram, our, our social media as well on Instagram, Twitter, basically wherever you are, we're, we're there as well. Um, but again, thank y'all so much for watching and peace.